0: Okay, here we are. We are in Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, moving through the New Testament in a year. You know, if you miss a day, just keep going. We'll uh, catch up. Uh, other places in the Gospels repeat some of these same accounts, give them a little different spin, but uh, just keep just keep going. Don't try to catch up. You'll you'll work too hard at it and give up. And this particular passage tells us don't give up. So here we go. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So always praying, not give up. And he said in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. I suppose we all know people who seem to fit that personality description. They don't care about God at all and don't care about people. And there was a widow in town who kept coming to him with the plea. She said, please grant me justice against my adversary. Now, we don't know what the particular situation was here with her adversary, but she's pretty convinced that she has a righteous cause. And she keeps coming to him saying, please, rule rule in my favor, whatever this situation is. For some time he refused. Well, this guy, he doesn't care about people. He doesn't care about God. He doesn't care about this lady. For some time he refused. But he finally said to himself, Even though I don't fear God and I don't care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll see that she gets justice now. He feels like it's the right thing to do. He feels that this case with her is a case of justice, and he's going to make sure that she gets justice done. He said, so that she, so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Well, he's going to give in because uh, she bothers him, gets in his face, gets in his way. He doesn't like the interruption in his life. And the Lord said about that parable, He said, listen to what the unjust judge said. And will not God bring justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Well, some of us know what this situation is like, right? But we're crying out to God all the time. You know, something's not right in our lives. Something's going on. And we're like, God, how long, how long, how long? You you find this situation with some of the martyrs in the book of Revelation. They're saying, how long, Lord? How long will you hold back justice? When will you do what's right? Uh, when are you going to do this? How long do we have to endure this? Will they cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? So you know, maybe we're crying out to God for some things. Will he keep putting us off? No. Uh, he will. He will answer. He will respond. He said, "I tell you, he will see they get justice and quickly." Well, quickly is a little bit of a relative word when it comes to eternity. <laughs> uh, in the light of eternity, what is uh, what is quickly? How long does quickly take? However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith, faith on the earth? Jesus will come back. Are there going to be people who have faith? Uh, we cry out to him. We look to him and will there be people with faith? Ah, Lord Jesus, let that be us. We want to be the faithful ones. We want to be the ones that are found faithful. We want to have faith in you. We want to be trusting you. And Lord, we just continue to cry out for justice. We continue to cry out that you would intervene. But Lord, we recognize there's reasons that you don't intervene. And there's reasons you don't do things. And part of that is that you want one more soul to be saved. So Lord, save some souls and use us, we pray in Jesus' name. So, Then to some of those who were confident in their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else. There are some people who think they are what we call holier than thou. They think that their life is more righteous than mine and they look down on me and criticize me and they really think there's something. They think there's something before God. They think there's something before people. Jesus is going to talk about them. He said, two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. One was a tax collector. Now, on this side of the New Testament, looking back, we tend to see the Pharisees as religious hypocrites. Well, we know they were religious hypocrites because Jesus tells us. But in the day, you would have thought that they were very holy people because of the way that they conduct themselves and what they wear, the clothes they wear and where they go and how they do things. The common people had quite a bit of respect for them. And, the common people didn't think they were anything like a Pharisee and never could be like a Pharisee. The Pharisees are just too righteous. One was a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. Well, the people didn't like the tax collectors. They thought they were immoral. They thought they were terrible. They were collecting taxes for Rome from the Jewish people. So uh, people didn't like that. Uh, Tax collectors tended to be unethical. They tended to take more than they needed. They pressed people hard when they didn't need to be pressing them hard. They were not very well liked or very well respected at all. They were from their own Jewish community, taking the taxes, giving it to Rome. They didn't like them. The Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed. And here's what he said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers and evildoers and adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I'm not like that guy. And I thank you that I am not like that guy. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of everything I get. I'm a good guy. I'm religious. I'm religious. I fast. And I give. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven. But he beat his breast and he said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. He didn't see himself as very righteous. And Jesus said, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You see, the criteria for me receiving eternal life, the gift of eternal life from Jesus Christ through God our Savior, is that I recognize my sinfulness. I recognize that I am not righteous enough to come into the presence of the eternal creator and maker of the universe who is totally righteous and totally holy, and I'm just not righteous enough to come into his presence. I need Jesus Christ to bring me in. I need Jesus Christ to cover me with his blood to bring me in. And so it's the one who recognizes his sinfulness, it's the one who recognizes his unrighteousness, that is able to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, not this other guy. So verse 15, people were also bringing their babies to Jesus, that he would place his hands on them. Well, the disciples saw this, and they rebuked them. Jesus is above babies and going to the nursery and being a babysitter. Don't bring the babies to Jesus. But Jesus called the children to him, and he said, let the little children come to me. Little children do come to Jesus. Little children love Jesus. And don't hinder them. Don't keep them away. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, the innocent, those who come to him, those who love him. And he said, truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never inherit it. You need to come in with simplicity and love and recognizing who you are and recognizing who Jesus is. So uh, let's just jump down here a bit to verse 31. Jesus took his 12 disciples aside and he told them, we're going up to Jerusalem. This is going to be the last week in the life and the ministry of Jesus. And everything that was written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. lot was written about Jesus and the prophets, at least 300 prophecies. He said he'll be delivered over to the Gentiles. That will be Rome, Pontius Pilate. They're going to deliver him over to the Gentiles to kill him. They'll mock him, which they did on the cross. They they did it in the, the high priest's home. They'll insult him. They'll spit on him. They'll flog him and they'll kill him. And on the third day, he'll rise again. There's the prophecy. Jesus will rise again. The resurrection. The disciples didn't understand any of this. The meaning was hidden from them. And they did not know what he was talking about. It seemed like craziness to them. And then as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man who was sitting by the roadside was begging. And when he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. And they said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Jesus is bringing a big commotion with him wherever he goes. He knew about this. He had heard about this. And he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The blind man. Those who led the way rebuked and told him to be quiet. Well, you know, these guys are keeping people away from Jesus. I wonder uh, how many of our actions are keeping people away from Jesus. Told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped. Man, we should have just read that line and just thought about it for 10 minutes. Jesus stopped. And he ordered the man to be brought over to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, he said, what what, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want? Lord, I want to see, the man said. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. Well, the disciples were trying to keep him away, making it difficult for people to come to Jesus. Lord, may we never make it difficult for people to come to you. But may we keep that door wide open and give us some opportunities, Lord, to bring people right into your presence, right to you. The one who can heal them, the one who can save them, the one who loves them, the one who can give them eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. You are loved, you are loved, you are loved. May the grace and the mercy of God be with you. Peace.